So let's give God some praise. Let's pray and let's get into the teaching this morning. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we extol you. You are the great I am. You are El Shaddai. You are Adonai. You are Jehovah Sikhanu. You are everything we need. You are who you are and you will be who you will be. You are our forever father, our forever provider, our protector, the favor that goes before us, our righteousness, our shield our banner. Everything we need is found in you. And we thank you that you have been so mindful of us, that you adore the cosmos and you will not abandon us and that you will see your people redeemed and restored. And we thank you for it now in Jesus name. Now, Holy Spirit, the Bible says anytime we can see here and understand that we shall be converted and we shall be healed. And so we ask right now that you would do what Jesus has told you to do when we position ourselves to hear, which is that you would lead us into all truth, causing us to know the heart of the father and that we help us to be a people who hear, who see who perceive and understand. We declare that we are not a stiff-necked people. We are not a rebellious people. We are not a stubborn people, but we are a pliable people. And as a result, we see your goodness overflow in our lives. Now, we thank you in advance for the breakthrough that's coming off of this live today. We thank you in advance for the illumination. We thank you in advance for the freedom. We thank you in advance for the next level. And we give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on and give the Lord, 13 seconds of praise. Come on and open up your mouth wherever you are. Come on and declare his goodness. Come on and say Jesus is Lord. Come on and honor him and worship him because he is worthy. He is worthy. Glory to God. We give you praise with much thanksgiving. Now, I want to talk to you this morning really from a topic that's very familiar. And if you know me, you're not shocked by the topic. And the topic is how obedience follows provision. And I need you to put that in the comments. Obedience follows provision. Obedience follows, uh, oh, provision. I'm just saying it so wrong. Thank you, babe. Provision follows obedience. Provision follows obedience. It's so important for us to understand that God has a system God has a system that is designed for us to prosper. He has a system. So provision follows obedience. Now, one of the scriptures that we really guard our lives by is Matthew 6 and 33. Now, listen, I want you to hear me. This is a church with a teaching ministry. You get lots of notes week after week after week after week. But understand that if the notes don't become alive to you, if you have a notebook full of notes that you don't act on, then what ends up happening for you is that you have the tools to change your life, but you're not actually doing it. So this morning, I don't care a lot about how many notes you get. I care about your hearing. So I want you to lay your hands on your head and say, I'm anointed to hear. I'm anointed to hear this message. I'm anointed to hear, right? So provision follows obedience. And Matthew 6 and 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. The kingdom is first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the 
things will be added. Well, you know, we've taught a lot in this ministry about um, how when we follow God, whatever thing we need follows us. The wisdom we need follows us. The favor we need follows us. The, um, the provision we need follows us. The protection we need follows us. And I taught you guys at the beginning of 2021 that when we hear a comment that says, um, you know, I'm going after everything that God has for me, it seems like a, uh, a, a comment that makes a lot of sense, but it's not actually not a kingdom perspective because in the kingdom, we follow God and things follow us. Tell your neighbor, say the order is we follow God, things follow us. We follow God, things follow us. And so Romans 12 and 2, a scripture that we also use a lot, it talks about the importance of us renewing our mind. And for many of us, we have to shift out of the world's perspective where we chase things and ask God to give us the things to become a people who chase God. And then the things chase us, right? Well, Romans 12 and 2, it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how am I going to go from a person who lives in a world that's always talking about going after things, going after stuff, going to the next level to becoming a person who says, no, I'm going after God. And as I go after God, the things will follow me. I've got to engage with Romans 12 and 2. I have to be transformed. What do I use to transform me? I use the word of God to transform me. I use the word of God to transform me, to transform me for the renewing of my mind so I can do what? What does it say there, guys? So I can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. So God has a good, acceptable and perfect will up for your life. And he says, and here is how you get there. He says, you have to renew your mind. I know the world has taught you this. I know your old church taught you this. I know your mama taught you this. I know you thought of this. I know the news told you this, right? He says, but if you want to experience that good, perfect and acceptable will of God for your life, then what you have to do is train transform your mind. Now, how many of you out there, you want to experience the good life God has for you? How many of you? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hearts. Let me see. But if you want to experience, no, I want that. I want to experience the life God has for me. Well, if you want to experience the life God has for you, it becomes imperative that you find out God's way of doing things and doing it your way. Do it his way. And one of the challenges that I believe that we've had in the body of Christ is that we have confused the fact that God loves us with the expectation God has for us to do it his way. Now, I want you to hear me. God loves you no matter what. No matter what position you're in right now, no matter what kind of sin you're living in right now, no matter what kind of addiction you're living in right now, no matter what kind of rebellion you're living in right now, God loves you no matter what, but his love does not change that he expects you to obey. And any good parent understands that. 
How many good parents out there know that you can love your children and still not be pleased with their actions? And how many of you know that you can love your children and when they don't do things your way, that they can miss out on the provision that you had for them? I wonder if there are any parents out there that you ever planned to take your kids to McDonald's. You ever planned to take your kids bowling and they would not do what you told them to do. They just would not clean that room. They just would not stop fighting with their brother and sister. And so even though it was in your heart to release this good to them, they missed out on the provision. I know I can't be the only parent who's ever been in that situation. So what does that tell us that if we being natural parents, if we being human parents, love our children regardless, but still expect them to obey, we cannot create a theology or make up a God that says because he loves you, you can live any kind of way and you can do any kind of thing. We cannot. So part of the order of God, and it's so funny because I wanted to talk about this. Pastor Edwin and I have been having this conversation about one of the challenges um, that we see in the body of Christ. And we see this challenge. And when we talk to other pastors, we see this challenge as, as well. And we see that part of the challenge is um, that many, many people do not understand, do not understand the purpose of fivefold ministry. They do not understand the purpose of having a pastor, um, an evangelist, an apostle, a prophet, a teacher. And so what ends up happening is that, um, let, let me say it like this. Um, many of you want a preacher, but you don't want a leader. And so what do I mean when I say people want a preacher, but they don't want a leader? You want somebody to hype you. You want somebody to tell you the, that you're getting ready to see something you've never seen before. You want somebody to tell you that you blessed going in and blessed coming out. But what you don't want is someone to tell you that you are out of order in the way that you are doing it. What you don't want someone to do is to tell you that even though you plan to do it this way, that what you need to do is to do it God's way. And that is really one of the challenges that we see in the body of Christ. And the real test of whether someone is your pastor, is your spiritual leader or not, is whether they can correct you and whether they can help you change paths. Now I'm going somewhere with this. So I want to tell y'all this, and I'm actually really glad Pastor Edwin is not here with me today because you know he gets super embarrassed when I talk about how great he is. I have known Edwin Strickland for 28 years. And the thing that I know about him in spite of his humor, in spite of his petty, is that he hears God and that he deeply, deeply cares about the people that he pastors. If Ralph was on here, if Chris was on here, if Nietzsche was on here, they would tell you the number of times that even when we are just chilling, his heart, his concern, and his desire to see the people that he is entrusted to, all people actually, but especially the people he's entrusted to, experience God's total life prosperity. I know it to be a fact. And so one of the things that I have tried to teach my children and to teach my spiritual children is to be able to discern when he is giving us instruction that is designed to propel us and protect us in a season. 
Pashon, what are you saying? See, if you don't properly perceive him, even though you say you're a covenant partner, if you don't properly perceive him, even though you say he's your spiritual father, if you don't properly perceive him, even though you say he's your pastor, if you just treat him like your preacher, then you treat the instructions that he gives that are designed to propel and protect you as optional. Now, I don't really think there's anybody better, anybody qualified better to talk about this than me. I've been married to him for 28 years. We've been pastoring together 22 years. And I want to tell you this, and he will tell you that I've said it. And anybody who knows me knows that I have said it. Even if he was not my husband, he could be my pastor. His integrity toward the word of God. His administrative ability, and when I say administrative ability, I don't mean exhale. I mean the ability to administrate into the earth what heaven is doing. Because that's the mark, really, of biblical, the gift of administration, is that you can hear what heaven is doing and get us a plan to manifest it in the earth. So we were talking, and we, you know, because we're always trying to figure out how to help you guys live the best way. And so I just want to have an honest conversation with you, which is why I said I was, I was, it wasn't going to be no bunch of notes and all of this stuff, because I don't care about I don't care about how many notes you take. I care about you getting this. Many of you came um, to us during the pan pandemic, but a lot of you were with us before the pandemic. And how many of you know that the instructions, that the words that Pastor Ellen gave us literally anchored us through a pandemic. And when the rest of the world was going crazy, we were prospering and increasing. Anybody remember that? Because I, I know we've been in a pandemic a long time, but can anybody go back to 2020? What was the word he gave us in 2020? What did he tell us in 2020? What did he tell us in 2021? I, I want to know if you still remember what he told us. And how did those words anchor us? And how did those words keep us no matter what the news said, no matter what our friends said, no matter even what we felt sometimes, right? They kept us. And I know for a fact that many of you in 2020 made more money than you ever made before. You either didn't get COVID or you came out of COVID, right? And your life has been changed. Come on. What's the word? I love Vita. I knew somebody would tell me it was the year of great release and the year of great harvest. And how many of you experienced that? Because I need to hear from you because, see, there are some people here um, um, who said, I'm new here. And they may not know that, that, it, that, that, that that's what kind of church we have here. They may not know that that's the kind of leadership that we have. Many of you, I see Katrina come up and someone gave her a car. She was believing for a car. Someone gave her a car. Many of you, you got better jobs than you've ever had before. You've had all these types of increase in your life. There are many people you were about to get divorced and God turned your marriage around. There were people who you got healed in your body. And I want you to understand that when God, listen, Jim says she was from YouTube, but she had to come to Facebook so she she could comment because she purchased a home in the pandemic, increased finances. Jim wasn't the only one who purchased a home in the, in the, um, the, the Hoskins purchased a home in the pandemic. I believe the McCoys um, purchased a home in the pandemic. Listen, I'm trying to get you to understand that when you are blessed enough to have a man or woman of God, 
Um, Vita said I was released from a timeshare that they said I couldn't be released from. When you are, when you are blessed enough to be to sit under a pastor who literally has the heart because Jeremiah 3 and 15, it tells us something about that. It tells us about what pastors are going to do. And then when we are blessed enough to have a leader who hears from God and tells us how to go, it is imperative. It is imperative. It is imperative that we do not become so casual that we treat his instructions as optional. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Jeremiah 3.15, he says, then I will give you shepherds, not preachers, not hype men, not motivational speakers. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Guys, we have a pastor who leads us with knowledge and understanding. Come on, y'all need to give God some praise because put that scripture back up for me. It says he will lead us with knowledge and understanding why because he has a heart after the heart of God why is this important because God's order is not just that we hear from God but that we also hear from the people he's placed over us and I believe that God so values order I've seen it in my own life with him that if I think I should go left and he says I should go right, the anointing is now on what he said because his heart is after the heart of God. Now, hear me. Let me say this. I am not talking about following anybody into sin because Hebrews 6 and 12 says we follow them as they follow God. So if they're not following God, we don't follow them. That's anybody, me, him, Ralph, Chris, Nietzsche, any leader. We don't follow anybody if they're not following God. But when you have a leader and, and, and I, I, man, I really want y'all to get this because here is what I see in the corporate body of Christ a lot. I see people who get hyped by preachers and prophetic words. You want to hear, I'm getting ready to see. This is my best season ever. And I want to give you a good example. Pastor Edwin told us it was our year of great harvest. Pastor Edwin also told us, now this is two years ago, he said, this is our year of great harvest. He also told us, listen, if you don't make at least six figures, because I'm going to say it again, because maybe some of y'all are new, that every covenant partner has a right to make six figures, at least $100,000. Now, you have to understand that when your man and woman of God begin to release a word to you like that, that is not just some random number that they pulled out of the hat. If you go and search and see what breaking six figures does for you, you understand that it begins to give you some financial options that you did not have previously. Now, here's what people do. They go, well, he's not talking to me because I'm an educator. As though God can only use your job to increase you. You say, he's not talking to me because I'm already 62. As though God don't know how old you are when he called you to this church. 
You say he's not talking to me because I really don't need that much, which shows that you're selfish because all around us, people need provision. So if you don't need but 50 to live, then go ahead and make the 50, the extra 50, so you can be a blessing to somebody else. And here's what happens a lot of times is that when our man and woman of God give us a word that we agree with, we say, praise the Lord, they heard from God. And when they give us a word that makes us afraid, that calls out our sin, that calls out complacency, that calls out apathy, that shows us who we really are, we come up with a justification for not obeying God. I need somebody to help me preach this thing up in here today. And I need you to understand this because if you look throughout the Bible, Come on, Dexter said one of the words decree was five to one, five years progress in one year. Now, here's the thing. If you can receive that part of the word, but you can't then follow the instructions, you don't qualify. I love Shamika said, help our unbelief. Do you know the best way to help your unbelief? Follow instructions. The, the, the challenge for so many people, me and Pastor Elwin been talking about it, me and Dr. Didi been talking about it, me and Pastor Cynthia been talking, me and Pastor Ralph been talking about it, is that people don't follow instructions. The best way to walk by faith is to follow instructions. Because faith is acting on what you believe. Now, let me show you how this works. I'm going to give you myself as an example. When Pastor Ellen first began to say we would make 100K, I wasn't making 100K. The truth of it is, is at that point, I didn't necessarily see myself as a six-figure earner. So here's what I did. Now, it's not necessarily that I fully believe it for myself. It's that I now partner on what my man of God said and I tie my faith with his and allow his faith to be the cover for my faith. That's why you need to be in covenant. That's why you'll need to be out here by yourself. So sometimes me and Pastor Ralph was talking about this. We have done things not because we fully got it. Not because it made sense to us, but because we trust it. See, I may not trust this specific word. I may not be to see myself in this specific word, but I trust God gave me him. Now, Ralph, I figure at some point you go, you may go want to come in here because listen, because listen. So yesterday, Pastor Ellen was having this conversation with me and Pastor Ralph. And Pastor Ralph, you, I think I don't even know if you're going to be to hold yourself out when I get to this part right here. We were Pastor Ellen was saying to us that sometimes Ralph and I, we fuss too much when we're trying to get people to do what he said. So I was thinking about that because, you know, well, Ralph may not want to be a fusser. I don't care that much. I mean, I'm a mama. I got five kids. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I don't really care. I would like for you to do it the first time, but. I really don't care if if, if I, that's a mama gift right there. I am unbothered that you are irritated because I have said the same thing again. Now, I don't know if it's a daddy gift too or not, but it's definitely a mama gift. So I'm unbothered that you don't want to hear it again. I don't care. 
But I was thinking about it this morning, praying about it last night. And I said, do you, I realized that one of the reasons that I become insistent about the people we are connected to, oh, bang, Nietzsche says she don't think Ralph cares either, is because I understand <laughs> that Pastor Edwin is not necessarily the type of person who's going to keep telling you. And because he's the type of person who won't keep telling you, I believe Ralph would agree. We feel like it, it is our job to stand on the rooftop and make sure you didn't miss it. So he'll release something. Me and Ralph, we talking about it. We, 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 I mean, we, we sure we get on everybody's nerves. I want you to hear me. I don't care if I get on your nerves as long as you change. Now, what I would like to have is a group of people who didn't need to hear it 27 times. I think that Pastor Ellen is like, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to say it. And it's up to you to perceive it. Where me and Ralph is like, in case you didn't hear, warning, in case you didn't hear, this is the direction. In case you didn't hear, here is the way you should go. And I think that that's why you have fivefold ministry so that all of the places, all of the places get covered. Because they're going to be people like me and Ralph who will be quick to act. And it's going to be people who need to hear it 17,000 more times before they go, oh, he's talking to me too. Why am I telling you this? This is so important. In 2000, early, mid 2000s, before we had the economic crash, Pastor Edwin told our church at the time we were going to have an economic crash. There was no news about it. There was no indicators about it that he told us there was going to be an economic crash. He began to prepare us back then. Back then, the number was $40,000. He began to give us instruction and tell us the way that we should go. Tell your neighbor, say, that's what a shepherd does. Because the job of a shepherd, a shepherd who has the heart of God, is to lead you where the grass is green and to lead you where the water is. So he began to give us instruction. Back then, I had the opportunity to watch the difference between the people who obeyed and the people who didn't. And I want to tell you that as we went through that economic time, that was a stark difference in the people who obeyed and the people who didn't. The people who obeyed, we literally looked like the people who lived in Goshen. When the death angel came around, we was prospering. We were increasing. We were being blessed and people were over there struggling. But I want y'all to say this. I want you to hear me this. But we was all in the same church. I need you to put that in the comments. But we were all in the same church. We was all making the same confessions. We was all listening to the same praise and worship. We was all high-fiving our neighbor. We was all taking off and running together. But some of us was living in the land of provision and some of us was living in the land of great lack because it has to be more to it than high-fiving, than, than shouting, than saying preach, preacher. It has to be that I so trust that God has given this man a word for my life that no, hear what I'm about to say to you. No matter what I was about to do, now what I'm about to do is what he said. Did you hear what I said? 
No matter what I, I was going to do, now what I'm about to do is what my man of God told me to do. And the challenge is, we keep talking about this, the challenge for many of you, and you could repent for it today and change, is that um, Ralph said this the other day, we was talking about how people are smart. And I, we said, why do smart people not follow instructions? And Ralph said, Ralph said to us, you know, as though we like we like it was so obvious to him. He said, smart doesn't equal obedient. And some of you, you're really smart, but you're not very obedient, which means you're not very smart. Which means you end up in times of crisis going through unnecessary things. Because you don't understand the order of God is to give you a shepherd. And then that shepherd gives you direction. So it looks like this. Okay. So when Pastor Ellen gives us a word and the word said, no, oh, I love what Pastor Ellen said. He says, obedience is the great separator. Come on. I, I need y'all to grab that. You ought to screenshot that. Obedience is the great separator between those who prosper and those who don't. It is not singing. It is not high-fiving. It is not turn and tell your neighbor. Obedience is the great separator, right? So this is what it should look like when you go to church. And if you don't trust, trust your leadership, you should go to another church. But if you don't trust any leadership with any, at any place, then you, it's, you got the issue. It ain't the leaders, okay? So the order should be this. When the man of God gives us a word, it's the year of great harvest. Now I go to God and say, how do I position myself to receive the harvest that has my name on it? Do y'all understand that? I go to God. My man of God says, don't panic. Don't fear. What do I do? I go to God because has anybody ever stopped to think? That the only reason it would be necessary to tell us not to panic and not to fear is if it was something that it was going to be that we could panic and we could fear about. The Bible says over and over again, over 300 times, fear not. The only reason it's necessary to tell you to fear not is because it is something in the natural that you could fear. So the man of God says, listen, in the prophetic word, he says, don't panic, don't fear, and don't forget what I told you. Don't forget what I told you. Don't forget I told you it's still the year of great release. Don't forget that I told you it's still five to one. Don't forget that I told you it's your year of great harvest. So now I position myself to say, what do I need to do in order to come and bring my life into agreement with that word? Is this helping somebody? Because I really believe this is where people have the disconnect. So now my man of God has told me I'm going to prosper no matter what this economic season is. My job is now to seek God about the things that I need to do, but to also incline my ear to what he said. Now, I'm going to give you a good example of this in my own life. Give my, in my own life. In the last three years, every year I say I've made way, way, made way more money than I made the year before. I want to tell you all this. In the beginning um, of January, I was so happy my business had done. Oh, my God. I was so amazed at everything that God had done. And I want to tell y'all, I was going to ball out a little bit. I was going to ball out. He comes in and he sits in my office and he's talking to me. And he says, um, he says, you know what I think you should do? He said, for the entire month, 
don't buy any clothes or any shoes. Now, now here's what happens. I could say, oh, well, I make my own money. I could say, oh, he said that because he don't like how much I shop. Or I could listen to see there was a voice behind the voice that was trying to show me something. So over the month, I did what he said. And, and, and I think, I want you to put this in the comment. Say, I am not too grown to obey. I am not too grown to obey. So I set my heart and said, I won't go. And not only did I, let, let me tell you what I did. Cause I wanted to see, I not only, um, not, I not only didn't buy anything, but every time I was going to buy something, I would put it in the cart. Cause baby, that car to get you in trouble, honey. I would put it in the cart. I would see how much it was. And I would take that amount and put it in my savings account. I just wanted to tell y'all that at the end of the year, I mean, the end of the month, I had over $2,000. So now I'm like, what should I do with this money? God begins to give me a plan. Right? And I think what people miss is that people want to be able to draw on the anointing of someone without following the instructions. I have seen people call Pastor Edwin about a job. He tell them, even though that's not your ideal job, take this job right here because God is going to bring you something else. And then they say, I'm not going to take the job. And then the something else doesn't come. And then they end up feeling frustrated. And, 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 and part of this is so important. I'm going to give you two stories in the Bible that's going to show it to you, right? So it's like, if anybody paid attention what God began to do for us at the beginning of the year is that even though many of us had experienced five to one, how many of y'all had experienced five to one? How many of you had experienced more money than you ever made before? He began to say, but this is not the time to spend it all. This is the time to store this so that you will have something in your storehouse to begin to multiply. Now, I want to go to Genesis because I want to show this. I want to talk about this is what happened with Joshua. I mean, with Joseph. This is what happened with Joseph. And I said to Pastor Ellen, I've watched this thing happen that even people that the ministry really took care of in 2021 that the people who didn't follow instructions, the Lord literally pulled back and said, no, that's not where you're going to spend my resources. Because a ministry isn't obligated to just provide for you while you continue to do your own thing. And people aren't, um, and, and tell your neighbor, so you got to discern the seasons. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God fed them with manna. But when the children of Israel went into the promised land, the manna stopped. And the challenge, I actually want to go to 1 Kings 17 first, Ralph, 1 Kings 17. And the challenge for a lot of us is that we get so stuck on what God did in 2021 that we ignore the instructions in 2022. And we miss the pivots that he's leading us to that would navigate us for. 
Do you not know that the children of Israel would have starved to death looking for manna in the promised land because the manna was for the wilderness, not the promised land? What am I saying to you? There may be a season in your life that in order as an exercise of your faith, God had people randomly cash app you. That was to show you that money was available. But now when he tells you to go get another job, that's the thing that he is expecting you to do in order for you to prosper in that season. But if you're sitting there waiting on the cash apps, you're going to miss out. And now you don't even understand. Now, I want to show you because this is biblical. Let's go to First Kings 17. Let's go to First Kings 17. Is anybody getting anything out of this? So to me, it's two issues. One is the people who won't let themselves be pastored. They will let themselves be preached to, but they won't let themselves be pastored. Then it's the people who don't pivot when God is moving. Because you're so stuck on how he did it in last season. That you don't follow what he's doing in this season. Your man of God has said, and maybe you think I want to be a part of this church where you can be a virtual partner. You, your man of God has said, don't fear, don't panic. And every partner, somebody say every partner should make at least six figures. That means even if you are a school teacher, you should be seeking God about how God would close that gap for you, what he's going to do. But I want you to understand that when God closed the gap, that don't mean somebody just going to give you the $50,000. You may have to learn real estate. You may have to learn how to trade options. You may have to learn some things about some different things. You may have to learn um, how to bake pies on the weekend. You, but you're going to have to do something. And I need you to understand, guys, I, I, it's some teachers out there. It's some teachers out there. And you know that you're called to teach. But you have struggled with poverty because you still don't believe the word of increase is for you. And you don't understand that God will give you other things. And you don't understand the covenant of being in cup that you can now say, you this this how I talk to God. I say, my man of God said, everybody's supposed to make this. My man of God said, it's a season of great harvest. My man of God said that it's a time to prosper. Now I'm asking for wisdom because James says, if I lack wisdom, let me ask God who will give me instruction. Second Chronicles says, if I believe God, I'm going to be established. But if I believe my prophet, I'm going to prosper. And I want to tell you, some of you are not prospering the way God has called you to prosper because you're like, no, no, I do believe Pastor Elwin. No, no, I do believe Pastor Sean. Not enough to act. Enough to get excited. Enough to high five. Enough to even send a cash app when church is over in addition to your offering. But not enough to fix that resume. Not enough to follow the instructions we give you in the inbox or when we get on the phone with you or the instructions that Ralph gives you. You're deceiving yourself if you say you believe, but there is no corresponding action. You're deceiving yourself. Paul, James says you look in the mirror and don't know what manner of man you are. I'll give you a great example. Um, I believe she's on here today. Yes, she is. I saw her, Trinika. Trinika got a raise or whatever. I may not tell the story exactly right, but she heard this word about making $100,000. She got a raise and the raise didn't quite get her there, right? She had only been at the job a couple of months 
And when she was at the job a couple of months, she was talking to me and I said, is that the hundred thousand dollars that the Lord said? And she said, no, ma'am. And I said, well, then go back and look again because that ain't the final answer. Know what she did? Went back out there and looked again. Now she's in an interview process that's going to get her there. And do you, I want y'all to know what really grieves me and Pastor Ellen Hart. It'll be somebody who will get on this live who's only heard us one time. They came because you invited them or they came because we showed up on a streamyard and they will come and get the word and send a message. I had a young lady send me a message the other day. She's not even my Facebook friend. It came in the other box. If you know anything about Facebook, the other box. She said, I don't know you and you don't know me. She said, but I want you to know your post start coming up in my timeline. And not only did your post call me out of sin, but now they make me more money. And I'm saying to you, it's a tragedy to be named a believer and a champion and let somebody come sit at the table part time and get the food that's prepared for you. Let's go to first Kings. I'm going. I'm going. I ain't going to say nothing else till I get there. All right, I'm there so I can say this. For the most part, um, Pastor Edwin really don't give me a He don't tell me what to do for the most part. He pretty much leave me alone. He let me do whatever I'm going to do. And sometimes he teased me and he say, you don't do what I say. But I say, real talk, tell me a time you've given me a direct instruction. Don't spend the money. Do spend the money. Move out in your business. Don't, don't, literally, I was getting ready in the pandemic. I was about to sign a contract in Atlanta to, cause I wanted to have relentless Atlanta in 2020. I got the contract. We had not been shut down. COVID cases had not started. And he looked at that contract. He said, pause, do not sign that contract. Honey, he had no word about no pandemic. He didn't know none of that. He said, pause, you know what I did? I called him back. I said, I'm sorry, I cannot sign this contract right now. In three weeks, we was in shutdown. You better learn how to listen to someone who can hear, especially when you committed to doing something. Now, let's look at 1 Kings 17. It says, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilgad, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain for these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came and said unto us to him, saying, get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and, fret and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And he, it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, come on, Etoy, help me preach it. He followed instruction. Arise, 
and get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called unto her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and in a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go and do as the, thou hast said, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel and the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she and he and her house did eat for many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crews of oil fail according to the word of the Lord. Now let's go back to the top because we need to start right here. God has Elijah to call a famine. Elijah caused the famine according to the word of the Lord, says it won't rain for a span of three years. Now Elijah lives in the time. So Elijah is also going to, he has potential to suffer from the thing that has come up on the land. But God then sends him to the brook. He says, go to the brook, go to the brook, and the brook is going to sustain you. Now, when he goes to the brook, the brook sustains him. The ravens bring food and bread. The brook sustains him. The raven brings food and bread. And then the brook dries up. So then God calls another plate. Is anybody tracking with me right here? He says, get up and go to Zarephath. And there I have commanded a widow woman. I've commanded a widow woman. This woman don't have anything, but I've commanded this woman to sustain you. Why? Because this woman is going to need the anointing that's on Elijah to sustain her. So God gives her an opportunity to do something that doesn't make sense. But she goes, he goes, and she gives, he goes to Zarephath and gives the woman an instruction. So she followed it. So what we see is Elijah followed, then the woman followed. Now, here is where I see the challenge for a lot of believers is. He sent you to the brook and the brook dried up. And now you standing there prophesying for water to come in the brook, but he told you to leave the brook. So you're trying to stay in jobs and cities and places that have dried up. And the Lord has told you to leave. He's giving you an instruction. I had somebody tell me this. They said, I joined as a virtual partner and God began to tell me that fellowship was my church home. Fellowship of Champions was my church home, but I kept trying to hang on to my other church home. But here, that's what you're doing. You prophesying to a brook that God has dried up. And many times we think the position of faith is that I have the right to call water back into a place that God has dried up. 
So I don't want to leave this job because I know everybody. So I think I got the right to call water back into it. I don't want to leave this city because God called me um, because God, I remember when God sent me to this city. And so what you're trying to do is use spiritual manipulation and to call prosperity into a place that God has called you out of. God is not obligated to back your word, just his. And so many of you have been offended with God saying, it's my year of great increase. It's my year of great harvest. But when you have gotten the instruction for next, you won't obey. So you're mad at your husband. You're mad at your mama. You're mad at your pastor. You're mad almost every day. But you are the one who is trying to use spiritual manipulation to call water into a place that God has dried up. Why did he dry it up? Because you're not supposed to be there anymore anymore and when people don't pivot so now he sends him to the next place now this woman got a choice to make and i want y'all to understand this that if this woman right here does not obey god there's going to be another widow woman who's going to come because god is not about to allow elijah to go down because elijah is obeying god but this woman's now obedience sets her up. Sets her up. Now the brook has dried up. Now Elijah has gone to Zarephath. Now this woman is like, oh my God, I'm about to take my last and eat it and die. And the man of God says, can you imagine this? She about to make her last meal. I'm from the country. She about to make her last whole cake for her and her husband to eat. I mean, her and her son to eat. And the Lord uses the prophet to say, make me some first. She got a choice to make. And many of you, when the prophet gives you an instruction, go ahead and apply for a new job now. Go ahead and stop spending so much money. Now is not the time for you to get a new car. Go ahead and take that job right now. Now is the time for you to make sure that you're on Friday morning prayer every week. You need to be on Tuesday prayer. Then what you say is that don't make sense to me. And because it doesn't make sense to you, you don't do it. And then you don't get the provision. And then you're frustrated and God, but the provision always follows obedience. And none of us are exempt. So as I wrap up today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to get the slack out of your obedience. I want to challenge you to stop being a person who is is and this is what I've never understood. It, it it really blows my mind about people. And because I because my my work is in psychology and understanding people thinking and feeling cycle, it is fascinating to me the people who be like, go pastor, go pastor, that's my pastor, that's my pastor, that's my pastor. Who then we give you an instruction and you like, well, I, I don't think that's God. It's fascinating to me. Because I, I don't understand how you get there. So we have some clear instructions. We're supposed to be in service. Now, if you at work, you may not be able to be in service, but you can certainly watch the replay. If you don't make $100,000, you're supposed to be looking for provision and instruction 
to get you to the $100,000. And you're supposed to be looking according to the word that your man of God has given you. Now, I want to read one more thing to y'all as I wrap up. It's a prophetic word that the Lord gave me in August 2020. And I have preached this word so many times. And one of the things I find about the people of God is you want a new word when you ain't mastered the old one. You like God when we go to when we go into the next level. You ain't you 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 want to go. Okay, you remember when we took multiplication and how you couldn't go to the fours until you had mastered the threes. Some of you ain't mastered the twos and you're trying to get to the sevens. And you need to know there's a grace to obey. So I want to read this word to y'all. You can get ready to give your offering. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord today, then you should go ahead and do that. If you know you've been operating in obedience, um, then you need to you need to operate with that. And you need you you guys. You not a punk. You're not a punk because you bow your knee to the person God called you to. You not. All right, so I'm going to read this and then I am going to make Ralph come in here with me. So Ralph, go ahead and take them, put your look, chew up your food because I can see you over there. Okay. Ha. <laughs> That's for your comment this morning. Uh-huh. In tw August 2020, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, there is a release of supernatural strategies that will cause you to break through. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I got to say this. He said the re the Holy Spirit just said the reason that you some of you are struggling to obey God and to obey your leadership is that you hang with people where disobedience is the culture. You hang with people where disobedience is the culture. Your, your, your best friend still thinks disobedience is the culture. You hang with people, the people who speak into your life, the people you talk on the phone to, the, he literally just said it to me. He said, some of you are struggling because you hang with people where disobedience is the culture. Come on, Dexter, with Psalms 1 and 1. You hang with people, you hang with people who, who don't care about disobedience. And some of you are being tormented right now because you hang with people who don't feel convicted when they disobey. And you still sitting over there with them. Pastor Ellen said, your team is trash. No, your team, you hang with people. You, you, you hang with people who don't care about sexual sin. You hang with people who don't care about stealing the tithe. You hang with people who don't have integrity and steal from you. You, you hang with people. Did you hear me? Where the culture is disobedience. The culture is disobedience. So when you're not doing what's right, they're never going to say to you, hey, Ralph, Man, that ain't a good idea. What they going to say to you is, man, you know what? We just human. Can't nobody judge me. For the record, Tupac said that, not the Bible. I want you to know that was a Tupac song, not the Bible. And it's I love that ever said we changed our people. And I want you to hear, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to read this prophetic word. Many of you are struggling because you hang with people 
who the culture is disobedience. In fact, they are offended by obedience. In fact, when you try to obey, when you try to obey, they talk to you and try to talk you out of obedience. They say things like, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, you grown just like they are. So I'm going to read the scripture. I mean, the prophetic word. It says, there is a release of supernatural strategies that will cause you to break through. The Holy Spirit will lead you in the way you should go. Many of the instructions will seem simple and even significant, but your obedience will release the power of God into your situation to bring new levels of freedom and breakthrough. There will be financial strategies given that will help you walk through the next seven to 10 years. Just like God told Joseph how to prosper in both abundance and famine, he is releasing strategies that will give you victory no matter what the economy does. Listening and obeying consistently will be crucial. Guard your heart and stay focused on what God is revealing to you. Meditate on what God is saying. Do it and you will have good success. God has not forgotten you. This is the season of strategies and supernatural solutions. All right, Ralph, come on in here because we want to wrap up. You can get ready to give your offering. You can put the things up. What's up, Marlo? What's up, Mom? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So we talk about this, you know, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you and I probably talk about this more than anybody. Like we got, we always having a sidebar yes. conversation. And what would mm -hmm. you say to the people who, like maybe men who are like, well, why would I listen to Pastor Edward? Well, I mean, for, for me, it's about, under, once you understand kingdom, you understand that there's governance and there's authority that's been issued. And part of that is understand everybody answers to somebody. You don't go into your workplace. I mean, there's so many different levels of you're always answering to somebody. It's only when we come to the church that we feel like we shouldn't have to answer to anybody. But that just shows the immaturity of most believers is that, oh, I will surrender to the authority of wherever I go and wherever I work when I come to the church. I want the best of what God has without doing it the way God told me to do it. And I, it's partly pride. And it's just part, I think it's partly ignorance. You know, I just said, and it's part of people that's stupid because you think that you can own your own life and still at the same time receive everything that God has when God has established a system for receiving that. You can't go, you can't go outside that system and still get God's best. So what I would say to them is that I'm be a grown man, but be a grown man who that's why Bible the God tells us that we got to submit ourselves. I got to make a choice that even though I'm intelligent, even though I'm smart, even though I got all these things going for me at the end of the day, I surrender to God. If God has called me to fellowship of champions, then by default, I now surrender to Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin Strickland. And so if they're my spoken voice in the, 
earth, then I listen to them and I accept them as pastor. And that's one thing I said earlier, that a lot of people call people pastor, but really they're just an advisor because I'm gonna do the things that I feel like is convenient and pleasurable, but I'm not gonna do the things that bring me discomfort and pain. That's not a pastor. You not you haven't received them as pastor. And uh, you gotta submit yourself to that and be willing to take slack for it. Because as a grown man and working with you guys for over 20 years, People just like, you'll follow them anywhere. Absolutely, I will. Because everywhere I followed them has made my life better. Now, being human, do pastors make mistakes? Yes. But so did your financial advisor. So did your teachers. So did your boo who left you, right? All of them made mistakes, and but you didn't stop dating. You didn't stop going to school. You didn't stop working. And so committing to that, knowing that, hey, they're my spoken voice in the earth. They see the blind spots in my life. They're going to help me be better. And that's how I'll be able to follow them as you guys follow God. But a man that won't submit is a prideful man, and a prideful man is never going to see his best life lived. No, I think that's really good. Um, and, you know, you and I, probably more than anybody, we have it issues um, where I get on to you. Tell them about the TV issue. Tell them about that incident <laughs> right there, because I think that's just a good example about because people sometimes say, well, why do you say more to Chris than you say to so-and-so? And here's a really good example of why, because right. I'm not going to wrestle with you to correct you. So uh, the strictness that came by, I forgot why they were by, but they had came by. And you guys, are some of you who follow me on Facebook know uh, my son Aiden threw a toy and broke the TV. Uh, and so we don't watch the TV a lot or anything, honestly. And so it had been maybe a week or two uh, and when the strictness came by, we were sitting at the table and Pastor Sean just looked at me and said, and we're both sitting at the ends of the table. And so she looked at me and said, so how long are you going, hey son, how long are you going to let that broke TV be in your house? And I was just like, well, Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm going to catch a Black Friday sale. We don't really uh, watch the TV a lot. And then I... This is how I knew it was about to get serious. She got out her seat, walked around the table, and sat by me and just looked at me. She said, uh-uh, uh-uh. Kingdom folks don't keep broke stuff in their house. And I was like, okay. And she looked, she said, you had seven days to get that TV replaced. At that moment, I was like, oh, dog. You know, I ain't going to sit there and say it just felt good. But at the end of the day, she, I mean, she was right. And I could feel however I want to feel. That's why it's so important to control your feelings. So a lot of times your disobedience is a result of your feelings being hurt. But feelings ain't, ain't got nothing to do with provision and breakthrough. So she told me that. And I said, oh, yes, ma'am. That was my only answer. And some of y'all can be delivered by your only answer just being yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You don't got to like it. You don't got to want to do it. But just say yes to it. Uh, and so... Yeah. She now, but here's, oh. Oh, good. but here's the crazy part of it, okay? When I saw the TV was broke, I was going to say to everyone when we left, let's oh, yeah. just go buy Ralph Nim a TV because they do so much for us and for the ministry. And the Holy Spirit said, no, Ralph needs to do this to break something in him. Yeah. So even I had to obey God because it was like, we could just go to Sam's and buy them a TV. And the Lord was like, no. Okay. So go ahead. You leave. Yeah. I, we leave. Yeah. So y'all leave. And uh, Aiden and I, 
uh, go get, uh, I'm like, okay, I start looking online. I actually buy a TV probably within two hours on Best Buy online. But then Aiden and I went to Sam's. And so we go to Sam's and we're looking at the TV, uh, TVs and everything. And so we end up buying a TV. I come back. Uh, I bought a TV, me and Aiden, we come back. I sent a picture to him. I said, it didn't even take me seven days. It didn't even take me seven hours. It's been three hours and I got the TV mounted now. And and the whole thing was, was, and I took Aiden with me because Aiden was the one that broke the TV. And the thing that God told me about that was I wanted to go off about the TV being broke. God wouldn't let me do that because he said, it's just a mistake. It's no different than dropping a coffee cup in the kitchen. The only reason you were, you were concerned about the TV is because cost. I don't care about cost. I just replace broke stuff. And so it was this whole full circle thing that really worked itself out. But uh, I had to get, I had some stuff to work on. And mom's always pulling that part out of me. But yeah, just obey God. And all the money was there though. That was the other thing. It didn't even, I didn't touch any money that I had to any other place. The money was there. I had already had the money to get it. It was just sitting there with broke stuff. So obey God and do what they say do within the time frames. But now, anytime I find out somebody's doing something, I'm going to tell you, you got seven days though. So if I find out, you got seven days. No, but that's really good. And I think it's important too, though, because if you grew up in poverty, you right. cannot create a wealth image keeping broke stuff in your house, keeping stuff that don't fit. Mm -hmm. You know, my inner circle will tell you that I got on to them about not buying you know, new undergarments and wearing these bras that was broken because this mindset that bras are so expensive. You got a wife, so you understand that. But the point is, is that even with, you know, and I think here's this, this will be our last question. I want to tell a story. Then it's the last question. Then we're really going to get out of here. I, um, so I had an issue where after I had a wrecked my car, I couldn't get this particular thing worked out with the insurance. And and so the insurance people was telling me to do one thing. And every time I would do that one thing, it wouldn't work out the way it was supposed to. So Edwin had watched me battle with it about a month. Finally, he looks at me and he says, listen to me, do what I said. Honest to God, I, I first of all, I felt some kind of way. Because I'm like, I know you ain't talking strong to me like that. And I think he called me Rashandra. And oh, I can't stand when he called me by my government name. But he was, he got that, we call it that Dr. Strickland principal voice. Maybe he got that Dr. Strickland principal voice with me. And I was so salty with him. But I did it. That thing was wrapped up in three days. And I think the other place that people get, um, get crossed up is that you think that every time somebody corrects you, it's got to be soft and like walking through lilies. So Ralph, say something about that because I feel like that is why people aren't coachable. It's why people aren't teachable because every, I got to say, Ralph, you know, Jesus loves you. Please replace that TV. Yeah. And what what's up with that? No, well, and let me say this while you wait. Let me say this. And part of the thing is you need to understand that the fact that anybody care enough about you to tell you that you out of order means something. Because a lot of people will watch you walk around and look like a fool for years and laugh and talk to you, let talk to you and then laugh at you. 
And then when someone cares enough to say, fix this, do this, do this, now you all in your feelings and fragile. What's that about, Ralph? I th let me say what you were just talking about. First, I think that people think it's easy to offer advice and correction. Everybody, listen, it takes energy. It takes effort. It takes all of that, first of all, to take time out to tell somebody else about what's going on in their life and how it should be changed. The easier thing for most people who deliver information like that is to mind their own business and keep going. But that's not what we're called to do. Uh, and so I think the 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 outlook, because people are like, well, you just want to fuss at me. No, I'd much rather go watch TV. I'm only doing this because it's what the Lord has asked me to do. So I think as a receiver, and I, I was looking at Dexter's thing, he's like, oh, I love how much he loves her for correcting her. Because look, you can assign a new meaning to correction. The only way I get, and I relate it to something simple. If you ever played sports, y'all got mad at coaches for fussing at you, but you understood the premise for which your coach was fussing. You wasn't mad. I mean, and now in today's time, people just sensitive. They don't want the coaches doing so. But at the end of the day, nobody on that field was really going off. They're like, man, we walked away with the championship. It was worth those fussings. And so, so many times as adults, that's where we really get wrong because we get this little age thing under. I'm going to be 40 in two years. And I'm going to listen to Pastor Edwin the same way I did when I was 19, even though I got 20 more, one more years of information, because at age doesn't change anything spiritual. And so what I got to understand is that even though as a full grown adult, I got to be willing to accept the advice of those that I call my shepherd. And I can't be sensitive. And I say this all the time. You can't let your feelings get in your way. Because those are all distractions of the enemy to get you to go away from the plan that God has best for your life. If you can't receive correction, you can't even be a child of God, period. Like, I mean, that's it. And so you got to identify, okay, well, when grandma talked to me bad when I was a kid, it made me feel this way. And when I feel this way, then I, I, I run away. Well, baby, you're not going to grow up. I'm sorry for what happened to you. I'm sorry for what grandma did. But unless you deal with those feelings, and understand that the correction is needed for growth, then you're not going to change. I mean, we all had different scenarios of our upbringing that make us feel a certain way when people fuss and yell and things like that. But this meaning I assign to Pastor Edwin and Pastor Shun's voice is this. Whatever they tell me is to make me better. I don't care how, I don't care the delivery method, because at the end of the day, some people don't even identify people's heart. You could yell something at me, but I know at the end of the day, you only love me. So though the delivery may not be the thing that I desired, it may not be the way I wanted it, but I know the heart of the issue is for you want me to be better. But we get so caught up in tone and, and all of this, and it's just distractions because the enemy is wanting you not to obey so you can stay in that sorry place that you're currently living in so that you don't get to the place that God really wants you to live. So no, I think no, I think that's really good. And I think the truth of it is what people should know about me is that I'm passionate, I'm strong, but I'm not mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, and I say this all the time, if I'm ever mean to you, you'll never wonder. <laughs> like if I'm ever mean, you will never wonder. Right. Um, but I am I passionate? Yeah. Do you know why I'm passionate? It grieves my heart to see pe people broke year after year. 
people marriage bad year after year, people going through the same cycles year after year. So sometimes I do. I want to grab you and shake you and say, what the heck is wrong with you? Why would you be in a church called Fellowship of Champions and live such a raggedy life? What's wrong with you? Right. right? And I think Pastor Evans' comment is good. He said, for the record, I want you to just hear and obey God so that you don't need lots of correction, but some guidance. And me and Pastor Sean is like, we want the same thing, but we know y'all ain't listening to God sometimes. So because, and that's the purpose of pastors, to be a spoken voice in the earth for you. So we could be that little snooze button that says, hey, you hear that alarm going off, you keep hitting it, but you ain't done nothing. And so, hey, reminder, you need to do this. Uh, and, and people just gotta grow up, honestly. And it doesn't always feel good, I mean, I'll be, I I could tell you, it hasn't always feel good. I remember times of being in the office in Springdale and mom would come to the office and someone right. Don't talk about it. Oh my God. But, Don't talk about it. I've grown but, up a lot since then. But see, the same, for, for me though, when you assign the new meaning to correction, correction makes me better. People taking time out to correct me is using their time their energies, their resources, and their hearing God to offer that to me. Correction is a privilege. It's something I should prize, and it's something I should appreciate, and it's something I should seek after when I don't hear God for my own self to do what he said do. But when you assign a meaning to correction like that, then you don't get caught up in the feeling aspect of how it's delivered, who said it to you, because my kids correct me. In my house, if it's something that I said I was going to do and things like that, and they come and they say, Daddy, we don't do this. We don't do that. Why? Because correction doesn't matter who it's coming from. It's always designed to make you better. And that's why you got to be willing to take it from anybody because it's only designed to make you better. And anytime you refuse correction is by default a choice to stay the same or grow worse. No, I love that. Everybody put correction makes me better. It was just, you just made me think about something when you said this. Well, Latanya made, thought it made me think of something. She's, she was saying, which, and I believe it's true, but I believe there's another truth. Latanya said, she said, we don't trust instruction when we are unsure of the heart of the instructor. And I think that's true. And I want to add, but it's not always true because you didn't have to know your biology teacher loved you to do what they told you to do in biology. You didn't have to know your math teacher loved you mm -hmm. in order to learn multiplication. And I, I wonder, because there is some measure of that, that we do want to know that people care about us. But many of us have taken instructions from lots of people that we don't have a clue what they cared about us. When, when, you, when you read the driver's manual to learn how to drive, do you know that the people who wrote that book wrote that book because they love you? No. And I think so. I, I think there is some truth to that. But I think that there is a greater truth that we have spent our lives following. When you go to TSA, you better do what them people say, regardless to whether they love you or not. And I think it's, we got to be careful. Yeah. Go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. No, you go no, ahead. I think you got to be careful of that premise because FOC will grow. And people won't always, it'll be people we get worse to that we've never met. They won't even know how we feel about them personally. So you just take, I think it goes back to this. If God said, this is your house, this is your house. You know, I don't got to understand the, the ins and outs of the uh, who like me, who not. But part of that, knowing their heart towards you 
if you got a church with 5,000 members, you're only going to get to talk to that, the, that pastor maybe across the pulpit. Like they don't know you interactionally. So what do you do then? Are you just going to disobey or not? Because they don't know you personally. So I think that almost, that has to go out the door. When pastor, in 2001, when God told me that this was my church home, God's voice made me trust you. I trust you because God told me to. And, and it doesn't matter how I, how I feel that you feel about me. If you never say another word to me, if we're no longer friends, God still didn't say that I got a new church to go to. You still my spoken voice. And I think we got to go back to the point if God, because we say God called me here all the time. But if God called you to FOC, he knew Sean and Edwin was there. So he knew that they would also be your spoken voice. It ain't no surprise. It don't matter if you like them. If that's where you say God said, then these are the voices you need to listen to. And there's no qualms and no ifs, ands, or buts about it, unless you bring that in. It's really and you not wanting to trust people. It, and you and, really have. And if you trust God, then I trust you. I trust yeah. you with my, I, Ralph Marlowe, I trust you with my life because yeah. God told me I could, right? Yeah. That's it. Okay. So I was thinking about this. Um, my, um, the reason I became a pretty decent writer is that I had the luxury of having a teacher. I think my mom is still on the line. I had a luxury of having an English teacher who had also been my mother's English teacher. And up until that point, I had gotten really good of doing C work and getting A's on it. And I will never forget, I waited to the last minute to turn something into Miss Burns. And all my other teachers would have been really impressed with it. And Miss Burns get, brought, called me to her desk. She said, I know your grandmama and I know your mama. She said, I don't want this mess. She said, now this time, I'm going to give you 24 hours to fix it. But I won't anymore. Man, I felt, I remember being so salty with her because she didn't do it to anybody else, but she was calling me to the level of my potential. And I think that sometimes where people get caught up is that you're like, oh, well, Pastor don't talk to me like she talked to Ralph. I'm talking to you, calling you to the level of your potential, which means that sometimes I'm going to say to Ralph, or Nitra or Chris, no, that's unacceptable for you. You you can't do that. Right. And so I think that we need to grow up. It's like, do we really want to fulfill our potential? Do we really want to make the name of God great? Or do we just want to have all the bells and whistles and serve God when it's convenient for us? Now, I'm going to wrap up with this right here. Don't panic. <laughs> Don't fear. Right. I'm blessed. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. And I win. And y'all pray for Pastor Elwin because if he try to talk to me like Miss Burns, it ain't going to yeah. go well for him. So y'all pray for him. Y'all lift them up before the Lord. Right. And and you're you're blessed. So when Pastor Elwin says get another job, you're ready. When Pastor Elwin, when we begin to talk about the things it's time to invest in, you're ready. Mm hmm. When we say show up for church, you're ready. You're blessed. You're empowered to do everything we've released. You're ready and you win. On that note, you can give your offer today. Ralph, thank you for coming and hanging out with me. I know no. you're like, I ain't had no choice, but you started. <laughs> if you had made your little comment this morning, I left you behind the scenes. Uh, that's all good. I, I love to be here. See you. Mm -hmm. See you later.
All right. All right. So, guys, listen, if you want to be a covenant partner, FOC, we're going to put the link up. You can come and we want to just encourage you, man, we're going to win this season. We're going to win this season. Don't panic. Don't fear. Don't get out of love. We are blessed. We are ready and we are winning. And not only are you going to win in this season, but the win in the victory in your life is going to show someone else they can win. All right. We love you. Let me pray over you right quick. Give your offering. We believe Fellowship of Champions 100% tithing church. We 100% giving church. We are sowing church. And that's why we have all we need and more in Jesus name. And we declare that the same anointing that's on our lives is on your life. Because you do what we do, which is bring your tithes and offerings into the house of the Lord. If you are an international partner, you can give using put PayPal. Everyone else, please do not use PayPal. Use one of the other things. Use Tytherly, use Givelify, or use PushPay or text to give All right? We love you. We hope to see you um, on. I'll be doing strategies for success tomorrow. I uh, We will be doing prayer on Tuesday. We Ralph will be there on Wednesday. Um, of the Vic Ignite will be there on Wednesday. Get your kids watching Victory Zone. Them videos are good. We'll be in prayer on Friday morning. Then Pastor Chris and Elder Valley will be back here on Sunday morning. We love you guys. Have an amazing day. Leave this in the comments as you get ready to go. Say, I position myself to win this year. I position myself to win this year. We out. Have an amazing day. God bless you.